following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. of scripture we're coming around this morning if you're joining us for the first time online or in the room or outside uh, we welcome you uh, we're our second week into our advent series called love came down as we reflect on this incredible event where God demonstrated his love for us by sending his son Jesus in the form of a baby as you've heard this morning into a manger to be our savior, our redeemer, our rescuer, to bring us to God, to forgive us our sins, to give us his life, eternal life. Um, And that's how God came to us in the person of a baby. And last week, we looked at uh, two um, Bible characters, Simeon and Anna, uh, who again were uh, encountered Jesus as a child, uh, eight days old, a little um, baby that was presented at the temple. Uh, and so we, we, part of this series, we're engaging with how different people interacted with, responded to, uh, experienced the Christ event how that affected them and what their responses were. And so last week we looked at how um, uh, uh, Simeon and Anna were, were waiting for this promised deliverer to come, this Messiah to come, and, and how their hopes uh, were kind of anchored in this coming one that was to redeem Israel, and how overjoyed they were when they saw Jesus in the temple, as they knew that this little baby was God's answer, uh, was the way God was going to deliver and set his people free, even though they didn't really fully grasp how Jesus was going to do that, that it was not by leading a military campaign against Rome, but by sacrificing his life uh, to pay the debt of our sin. And so we, we encountered with how they were waiting in hope and the joy they experienced. And today, we're, as you can see, we're looking at Matthew chapter 2 and the story of the Magi and how they experienced this Christ event. And so again, uh, you know, by way of introduction and explanation, uh, and I thank you, Kate, that you already kind of alluded to this, a lot of people think that these guys were kings. Well, they actually weren't. Uh, They were more like wise men or priests that served in royal palaces. Uh, They were um, astrologers that kind of read the stars, magicians, if you like. Um, And it's quite likely that there was more than three. So even the song, We Three Kings, that's more tradition than Bible. And we get that because there were three gifts mentioned, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But that certainly doesn't mean that there was only three uh, wise men that came. And as Kate mentioned... we see these guys in the, you know, in the nativity scene on Christmas cards and in lots of nativity kind of setups, but they probably weren't at the manger. In fact, I don't, I, the Bible seems to say that they weren't at the manger. They came later when Jesus was a child. And like, again, Kate said, probably somewhere between four months old, Jesus might have been four months old to up to two years old. And we know that uh, because they're living in a house. They're not in a manger. The the passage tells us that Jesus was a child. uh, And obviously um, these magi took a long time to to get to to Jerusalem. uh, And the star appeared when Jesus was first born. And and then we know from the following section that Herod wanted every child that was, or every male child, I think, born under two years old to be killed. So that's kind of the window of how old Jesus might have been at this time. 
And so what I want to do this morning is, is very, very simple. You, you, you've heard the story. Um, it's come out in the communion. It's come out in the drama. So I just want to highlight to us three contrasts between the Magi and Herod and the, and the, the religious leaders of Israel. And I want to highlight this contrast in their response to Jesus. And I guess to provoke you to consider who you most might identify with. And my prayer and our prayer is that you would all identify with the Magi. But I want to challenge you to actually think about how Herod and the religious leaders were also experiencing this amazing event. So the first contrast I see in our passage is this idea of curiosity that characterized the Magi and complacency that characterized Herod and the religious leaders. So think about this for a moment. So these Magi are, are pagans. They're, they're not God followers. They're not Jews. They don't have uh, biblical history. They don't have the Old Testament prophecies. They're really outsiders to the, the, the things of God, the promises of God. They're, they're stargazers. They're astrologers. They're, they're magicians. They're Gentiles. They're, they're, they're not familiar with God's plan. And yet they saw something that made them curious. They saw something that drew their attention and made them realize that God was doing something in the nation of Israel that they needed to go and see. That they were aware that God had showed them something that signified the birth of a king that was going to change so many things for humanity. And again, like Anna and Simeon, what they understood, uh, it's unclear whether they had a full grasp or an understanding of what God was doing. But suffice it to say that they were intrigued and they were curious about this event that was occurring and made the effort to come. On the other hand, we have Herod who, and the religious leaders who had access to all of God's word, who had access to the Old Testament, who had access to all the promises, who knew that a Messiah was going to be born, who knew that this Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem, and, and yet they do nothing. They, they remain ignorant of the significance of what, that, what was happening in Israel at that time. They were completely oblivious to God's plan of salvation that was unfolding right in front of them. And so my question to us is, who are we most like? Who are we most like? And if you're someone that's still on the journey of discovering who Jesus is, I want to encourage you, keep being curious Keep being curious, keep asking questions, keep following the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your heart and search out the truth about who Jesus really is. Because I see this incredible picture of grace here that God gives a sign, this star that was able to be understood and interpreted by people who were far from God, unlikely people, outsiders. And God gives them a sign that captures their attention and leads them to Jesus. And if you're a seeker and you're seeking God genuinely with your heart, I want to encourage you that God will cause a star to rise in your heart and lead you to Jesus. Keep being curious. But for those of us who've been Christians for a while, maybe Christians for a long time, and you've celebrated many, many Christmases, have you lost that curiosity? I wonder if we're more like Herod and the religious leaders where we know it all. We know the promises, we know the prophecies, we've read the Christmas story and we've seen dramas and movies and it's all just so ho-hum and familiar. And yes, we come to church and we go through the motions, but it doesn't grip our hearts as it once did. 
it's, we're just complacent. We're just like, oh yeah, another Christmas. Yeah, baby born in a manger. Yes, the Savior of the world has come. I wonder whether we still have that sense of awe and curiosity that keeps driving us to that incredible event to discover again afresh what God is doing in that moment. The second contrast I see between uh, the Magi and Herod and the religious leaders was that the Magi were committed. They, they were committed, whereas Herod and, and the religious leaders, they, they were just comfortable. They were just comfortable. Let me, let me illustrate this for you. Bethlehem is about less than 10 kilometers from Jerusalem. It's about, uh, you know, a, probably a four-hour walk. A half, like a, you could do it in a day, maybe a, a full day's walk, um, eight to ten k's. Now our connect group has walked eight to ten k's, m- more than that actually, and we were e- we got it easily done in in half a day. It, it's not a long way. Now contra- contrast that with the Magi. Uh, estimates are that they traveled probably close to eight to nine hundred kilometers to get there. Uh, some people say from Babylon, other people are not sure where they came from, but. It would have taken them about three to four months to get here. Think about that. What, what commitment that would have taken, what cost they would have incurred, the risk that they went through, carrying gold and frankincense and myrrh, that's expensive stuff. Like that's royal stuff. And making this trip to just come and see this baby. Which group do we identify with? Are we just down the road from Jesus? Just down the road. A day's walk. Are we willing to get uncomfortable? Are we willing to not get caught up you know, in all the trimmings about Christmas where we see even spending time with Jesus as an inconvenience because we're just so busy preparing for Christmas doing the shopping, wrapping the gifts, trimming the tree, setting up our houses, cooking all the meals, that, you know, trying to spend time with Jesus, uh, well, I'll squeeze it in when I can. We're just comfortable, complacent, whereas the Magi are just committed to getting to this manger to see Jesus, to see Jesus. The last difference, the, the Magi they come to worship. Whereas Herod and the religious leaders, and Matthew does this beautifully here. He, he introduces this idea right at the beginning of his narrative of Jesus' life. Because these things are going to characterize the rest of Jesus' life. Where the religious leaders are going to grow in hostility against Jesus. And in John's gospel, we're told over and over again that they're, they're plotting to kill Jesus. Here we see Herod, He's not here to worship. He's worried. We're told that in verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. That, that word really means terrified. He was terrified. You see, the reason is Herod wasn't a Jew. He had been appointed as the king by the Romans. And so any idea of a Davidic king, a, a genuine descendant person from the line of David would have a legitimate claim to the throne of Israel and would be a threat him and so the magi they they know that this king has been born and they're coming to worship and herod sees that same baby as a threat and we know from verse 13 and 16 what he does to try and get rid of that threat 
And the Magi, we're told, right at the beginning, verse 2, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then verse 11 is the fulfillment of their mission. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All of those gifts representing royalty and divinity and, and sacrifice, and they're associated with kings, priceless, valuable And they lay their treasures before this baby, King Jesus. So again, I ask you, I wonder who we most identify with. And we might think, man, there's no way I'm going to kill baby Jesus, really. I'm not threatened by Jesus. I'm I'm here to worship him, of course. Not so quickly. Because I want to say to all of us, Jesus will threaten our way of life. Absolutely. Jesus will demand the crown that's on your head, that's on mine. Jesus will not be content to just be a baby in a manger. Our text tells us in verse 6, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. We are more than happy to receive Jesus as a shepherd, but as a ruler? We might not be so comfortable with that. You see, I want to tell you, whether you're a seeker or a Christian, Jesus wants to dethrone you and take his rightful place as the king of your life. That's threatening. That's confronting. That means, like Jesus said, laying down your life. It means getting up off the throne of your life and letting Jesus take his rightful place. It means surrendering your will to him. It means laying down your whole life, all of your treasures, everything you value to him. Are we ready to do that? Is that a threat? Yeah. Does that worry you? It should. But here we see these magi, they were so overwhelmed with this incredible event that they were willing to come and worship King Jesus. And so I want to ask you, who do you most identify with? When you think of baby Jesus, when you think of Jesus as your Savior, you might have received him as your Savior, but have you bowed your knee to him as your Lord? You may love the idea that Jesus came to forgive you of your sins, but maybe you struggle with the idea that Jesus expects your obedience and your loyalty. Maybe you're more than comfortable with receiving the love of God in Jesus, but laying down your life as a sacrifice, losing your life to find it in Christ, maybe that's a whole different conversation. But that is what King Jesus expects of each of us. That we too, like the Magi, would come and bow before him and worship him and surrender our whole lives to him. If I can get the band up, please. Are we ready to make that decision? Whether you're not yet a Christian whether you're still on that journey or whether you've been a Christian for many years, I pray that this Christmas you would have a fresh revelation of what this baby in a manger means for you. 
And that you'll be challenged and convicted by the Holy Spirit to ask the hard questions in your heart. Am I willing to lay down my treasures? Am I willing to bow the knee? Am I willing to get off the throne of my own heart and enthrone Jesus as the king of my life? Am I willing to take off the crown as we sang in that first song? Take it off my head and lay it at the feet of Jesus. Am I willing to bow the knee to King Jesus? And what might that look like this Christmas season? What priorities might need to change? What plans might need to change? How do you need to do this Advent season differently? How might you need to open your heart to what God is wanting to say and do in your life as he wants to bring you into a deeper revelation of the Lordship of Christ in your life? Last thought, and then we're going to sing. The Magi, they saw a star and they were intrigued, curious, wondering, God, what is it that you're doing here? They didn't understand everything. They didn't have all the answers, but they were willing to find out more, to journey. Three to four months, made this trip all the way. And here's the the thing that blew me away. They just had a moment with Jesus. A moment. It doesn't say that they spent weeks with Mary and Joseph hanging out with Jesus, having a good time. It was just that moment. They came, they offered their gifts, they bowed before Jesus, and then they left for another three to four month trip back home. Would you do that? Would I do that? Is Jesus worth that much to us? That we would make a three to four month trip just to have a moment with him. Just to bow at his feet and go, Jesus, you are worth it all. Worth it all. That's what challenges me because our theme for today is worship. Because that's what true worship looks like when you get a revelation of God's love for you and what this baby came to do to grow up and to really, he was born to die for you, for me, for our sin, to bring us to God, to make us right with God, to make us part of God's family, to to forgive us our sins, to reconcile us to God, to bring his eternal life into our hearts and bring our dead spirits alive in him, to fill us with his joy and his peace and his love. That's what this baby came to do. And when we get it, when we understand it, when it grips our heart and we are transformed by the love of God, we will come. And we will worship. And it won't matter the cost. And it won't matter the inconvenience. And it won't matter the challenges. And it won't matter. It won't matter. It won't matter what we have to give up. Because what we find in Christ is infinitely more than everything we might have to give up. And so if you're watching, if you're here and you haven't made that decision, I want to encourage you. Jesus is worth it. He's worth it. What He wants to do in your life will be absolutely life-changing. And I don't know what happens to these magi. I don't know if they went away completely different after they had that encounter with Jesus. I don't know if they became Yahweh worshippers. No idea. But I know that in that moment, they encountered Jesus. And I know that everyone who encountered Jesus was never, ever the same again. And so I encourage you, 
If you're on that journey, look for the star. God in His grace will put a star in the sky that will point you to Jesus. What you do with that is up to you. And my prayer is that you will be curious and that you will follow the evidence and that you will pursue the evidence and you will make that trip no matter how long it is, no matter how arduous and challenging and difficult and frustrating it is, you will make that trip because you will end up in a manger where you will set eyes on an incredible miracle that has just happened. Don't miss it, friends. Don't miss it this Christmas in all of the wonderful things that we will be doing. Don't miss Jesus. Why don't you take a moment to bow your heads and close your eyes. Oh, Father. Father, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. encourage you open your heart and pray this simple prayer that's been prayed for hundreds of years Maranatha come Lord Jesus come into my heart afresh anew this Advent give me a fresh revelation of your love Father Jesus, will you give me a fresh revelation of your glory and your majesty, of your beauty and your splendor. A fresh revelation. Holy Spirit, open my heart, open my eyes to see Jesus. Oh, that I might lay down every treasure. Lay down every crown. Cast my crowns at your feet, Jesus. Because you alone are worthy. Worthy. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I believe that the Lord is really speaking to some people here in this room, online, outside. And we're going to sing a song of response that I've asked the team to lead us in, which I felt was so appropriate in light of Matthew chapter 2 and God's revelation there. But after we've sung that and worshipped Jesus, I'd love to pray with people. And we're going to have our eldership team and others come and pray. There's lots of people here. And if you feel that God has spoken to you, touched your heart, whether you've never committed your life to Jesus and invited Him to be your Savior and your Lord, or whether you've done that many years ago and You feel that the Holy Spirit is drawing you this morning to go deeper in Him, to get a fresh revelation of His love for you this morning. I invite you to leave your seat and come and allow us to pray with you and pray for you this morning. And believe for God to do what He did for those magi, to give them a revelation of who Jesus was. Why don't we stand together? Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.